guys, please. Oh, please. You all tucked in now? Well, here we go. These are the breaks. Cheats. Boom bap. And beyond. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? It's Vic Monster, and you are tuned into another episode of Breaks, Beats, Boom Bap, and Beyond. Uh, but before I get to that, I need to shout out my sponsor for this episode. Uh, big shout out to the homie, KO1. Um, all the designs, or at least most of the designs you see uh, me using and Rick Monster using, <clears throat> excuse me, were all designed customly by KO1. And you can hit them up on Instagram. Uh, his website's also on there, um, and, you know, he just does all this crazy work for us, and he's super, super good at it. Not just designs, but flyers, you know, logos. Uh, I've seen him do, like, menus for restaurants, banners, all kinds of stuff, man. So please, please um, feel free to reach out to KO or hit me up if you need his contact info. I'd be more than happy to make that happen. All right, uh, we got another, another great episode today. We got one of the, the OGs. Uh, in the house today. I'm very happy and excited to get this going. Uh, so really, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, b-boys and b-girls, in the house today, we got DJ Busy One. What up, what up? <laughs> What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Same old. Man, how you been doing? I've been good. You know, um, I feel like every community has like their Mount Rushmore mm. of like just whatever mount rushmore for singers and mount rushmore for rockers you know what i'm saying right but when it comes to hip-hop um like i feel like and this is like victor talking this is my own opinion so if you have another opinion that's cool we can talk about it because it's all good right. my opinion when it comes to like the hip-hop mount rushmore for like graffiti it'd be stuck oh yeah um for b-boying it I'm, I'm always in like the middle between flaco and jungle right which yeah, i love them both for MC, I'd probably put P Dice. Oh um, yeah, R.I.P. P Dice. And right. for DJ, bro, I'd, I'd put you up there. Oh man, I'm <clears throat> honored to hear that. And you know, and 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 uh, you know, and that's saying that with all due respect to all the DJs that that you and I know, right? Um, because there's so many DJs, for, and, there's, for sure. and there's so many different styles of DJs. But with you in particular, you've like tackled like all the um, ingredients that really makes a well-rounded DJ from mixing. You know, scratching. Uh, um, you know, like all the equipment you've used. You you use decks. You used controllers. You use CDJs. So you're like well versed in all the things. Because I'm not trying to say just because you use controllers or this, you're better or worse. You know, right, right. A, a good DJ can use anything. Period. For sure. Um, and also just the longevity. You've been doing it for like a super long time, man. So uh, you're probably without a doubt one of the most one of the most, if not the most well-rounded DJ in Rockford, like, period. No, oh, for sure. I appreciate that, guy. <laughs> and mm. also just, like, the um, like the battling aspect, too. Like, a lot of people, you know, have never really dabbled in, which is, like, it's hard, man. Like, yeah, I've, never, oh, yeah. I've never been a part of that. Like, but, you know, putting up the routines and all that, it's not easy to do. No, it takes months and months and months to prepare to get to that man and, and for that one five minute set for dmc or whatever you know. exactly and uh if if anyone's not familiar with the dmc's the disco mixing championships it's a dj uh, competition that's been around since the late 80s but you basically have to have to do a routine um and, and there's rules and all this stuff but and i'm not saying it's gotten any easier but i know back in the day 
you guys were using vinyls. Yeah, real vinyl. So you had to switch the vinyls. And you had to mark your little record with the sticker and all that. Right. So you had no visual besides the sticker yep. and stuff like that, man. So, and, and, you know, we'll get a little bit into that. But like I said, you've been doing it for a long time. Like, how long have you been DJing? I started right around 89, you know, but I wouldn't call it professionally. But this is my official start when I actually got decks and right started I, I think very few of us really started quote-unquote professionally um i mean no one i mean everyone starts at some point you know yes. some people are are fortunate to have like maybe a mentor to have their stuff or or just in the right place right time but for you like like what 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 uh drew your attention to djing um there used to be these parties at this st john birchman's in chicago it's kind of like a hall but it was set up by the churches and stuff and like Bad Boy Bill, Julian Jumping Perez, oh, wow. and all these house DJs would go there and spin. It was like five bucks to get in or something, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know, I was just intrigued by watching Bad Boy Bill and all those guys. Are you are you from Chicago? Are you from Rock yes, oh, Chicago. Oh, no kidding, I didn't know that. Um, how long were you in Chicago before you got here? Uh, I was born and raised, and I moved out in 94. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So you, yeah. you were out there for a good while. Yes, sir. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Jumpin' Julian Perez and house music in general, because, like, the more I have these conversations, the more I realize how impactful house music was to hip-hop. Yeah. Um, because I had Loco in here, who's another, like, veteran, and, yep. you know, he was b-boying before he got into DJing, and he said when he went to Chicago and he saw uh, Julian Perez DJ for the first time, that's yep. when he got... Like, you know, he, he he flipped the script and wanted to be a DJ. Hell yeah. And, you know, you guys were listening to House, obviously, because yep. hip-hop wasn't like, it was around, but it wasn't like. Yeah, know. it wasn't predominant back th at that point for me in Chicago anyways. And, yeah, I mean, Chicago, obviously, <clears throat> to many still don't know, is the, birth, the birthplace of house music. So yep. I could see how that was, like, really, um, like, uh, all around you. Um, so you, you see these DJs, you're like, you're kind of like inspired and all that like what's the next phase like what do you do next well right now i'm starting to get up there in age so i'm pretty much trying to keep it going as much as i can because i know with me getting older at a certain point the djing thing will slowly fade let me cut you off though i want, I want to get back to that i meant um, um let me rephrase that better um i meant like when you're like you were young and you saw the DJs, like yeah. what, what what did you do next? Like did, like how did you get turntables or how did you? Uh... Um, I used to go downtown Chicago when I was a young kid, and get a super transfer and all that back in the day. And uh, I used to have this record store down, not a record store. I mean like a audio store, and they had twelve hundreds in the front window. You know, you go walk by like wow, look oh, at those twelve hundreds. Yeah, know? I'm like man, one day I'm gonna get me a pair of those. So I always would talk about them to my mom and stuff. And one day, my mom actually bought me a pair of uh, decks. No shit. She bought you 1200s? Yeah, 1200s and a mixer and all no that. No kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> goddamn. It was dope. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, to somebody, like, who's so infatuated with turntablism, like we are, it, it's almost like it. And, uh, and obviously, 1200s are still not cheap. No. So back then, I mean, it, it would have been like your parents buying you a car. Yeah, it was major. 
wow that's cool man shout out to your mom like yeah. <laughs> that's that's super that's super generous um i'm guessing like did she see the passion and like that like how bad you wanted it she's a must have because we went to that saint john birchman's religiously like weekly because it's like it's i mean it's a huge expense even and to then, this day. Uh, even would jump on a bus with me and my buddy uh tony and my buddy junior we would drive to the way other side of the city just to play on my buddy's uh cousin's 1200s wow and it was so cool just to play on the 12s back then to me man so you i mean you like out the gate you already had like very uh um, um sophisticated equipment yeah i mean we we tried other things before that with like the old wooden stereos and right the belt drives. try to put uh records and between two of them whatever but you know when i actually got to 12 i knew it was real djing and you could feel i mean for anybody who has never um messed with any type of turntables like you will feel the difference from like your house turntable or any like beginner turntable like once you touch a 1200 the techniques 1200 turntable or anything of that caliber you immediately feel the difference and oh yeah and even like you're like, I guess, I hate using this damn word, but even your swag goes up. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, <laughs> your aura, like, your everything about you gets better because the equipment is so much better. Or well, even the quality of those turntables is still the best to this day, you know. Those things run like tanks. If you take care of them, um, they will last you forever. Yeah, for um, sure. I got my pair. I've, I've had them for probably over 10 years. Yeah. And, and the pair I bought, I bought them off a of house teacher in Chicago, so they're used, so they already had some wear on them. But he was—he sold me those twelve hundreds to buy another pair of twelve hundreds right. to last them like another twenty years or right. so. Um, what was the mixer that that uh, you got with it? It was some Gemini something I had, and then I also had a realistic one from Radio Shack. Oh, or those, <laughs> with the four it had like the four yep. channels, and then the crossfader was it? I mean, you couldn't do much. No, I got started bleeding pretty quickly. Yeah, static. Yep, yep, yep. and uh, God, you know. Um, I constantly have to like reference certain things for some of the listeners who are a little on the younger side. Yep. Oh shit! Hold on a second. Oh, we're good. Sorry. Um, you know, so you know, Radio Shack was a store that doesn't exist anymore, but it was a uh, electronic store. Yep. And you you were be you um, were able to buy like microphones and mixers and cables um like lower quality ones but it was still really expensive yeah so they they had the dj mixer when the brand was realistic that was the name of the brand and it had right. like the the little um the, the little needles the meters yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i actually it's shitty for mixing but i like the look of it like, yeah i yeah. was thinking about just picking one up just to maybe have right right <laughs> you know um so like you have now you have uh, how old were you when your mom got you that Man, I was uh, in grammar school, so I forget the exact age, but like I said, it was around 89, and I'm pushing 48 now, mm. so. I'm de- I mean, you're definitely a teenager. Teenagers, for yeah. sure, yeah. What, uh, what, uh, what records, like, what were the first, uh, you know, records, or what was the first thing you were trying to mix? Well, back then, Gramophone was huge. Oh, yeah. Gramophone Records. It was the best yep. uh, record store to go to, mm-hmm. so. The funny story is we used to throw uh, these little house parties in my basement. I mean, we were not the baddest DJs on the block or whatever, but people on the block knew who we were, particularly me. And then um, 
So we would just throw these parties, collect two bucks a head, and then with that money, oh, no kidding. the next day we would go to Gramophone. And buy some new... And buy some records or needles if needed. <laughs> right, right. We went through many needles in the early years. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, especially like learning the craft and yeah. learning like, you know, your the weight of your arms and your hands like uh, you know it, it does wear out needles so did you like right off right out the gate did you already know you wanted to start doing parties and and things like that or yeah i just for some reason liked it the uh, reaction of the crowd when you did something dope you know right. and i've always been a adrenaline junkie sure right you know? yeah and it shows in a lot of different areas like fishing same kind of deal yeah okay you know? that makes sense yeah um what were your like uh first like parties like what were they like as far as like promotion like you guys making flyers well, we, like so we started off in the house parties mm. and uh some other neighborhoods heard about me so then i started going to other house parties and being like a little guest dj okay yeah so it started all there and then i met up with this uh the metric 30 dozen they were an older crew oh, like no we're older djs yeah they uh kind of recognized me and they're like oh we want you to be part of the crew oh really yeah so then they invited me into the crew and what they're like mainly like house djs still? yeah all house tommy too tough malamix maliko the metric 30 dozen and like uh they started getting me into these big halls and oh, i was wow. like i was underage so it was kind of crazy yeah, and, and usually that's how it happens, man. And and you, I mean, you can only hope that the the people who are putting you on are like good-hearted in nature, not yep. letting you get into like too much trouble. Right. But 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 you know, it's also important to kind of open the door for in, uh, in that aspect. You know, um, now with you know digital music, it's kind of like it's so easy to get music. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously. Oh, very, yeah. So like, what was in your arsenal? What kind of records did you have that were like separating you from everybody else? Um, I don't know about separating, but I did go to the flea market. I think it was on Division or something, but it was a flea market. You had to drive up a ramp to park, and then you go down into the flea market. I think it was on Division, and there was a guy there that sold records. He okay. had a booth. Mm-hmm. And he sold a lot of records weekly that were white label, like unreleased. Radio And I guess that's some of the stuff that would kind of separate me from your average DJ. Because, I mean, that, that's so important. To me, that's always been really important. I think nowadays it, it can get overlooked. Yeah. But, you know, I always like, like to your point, to the adrenaline rush, I always yeah. like throwing in that sneaker and I'm hoping that it gets a good reaction. Right. But it's like, it's always, it's such an important part um, getting those tracks that no one knows about yeah. or that you can play right now and someone will think it's new, but it's like from 2000 or something like that. Right. You know, so like for for you you know digging for records at that time like going to the flea markets like definitely outside the box yeah like instantly you'd be like oh i'm gonna go to the record store where right. all the other djs hang out but a smart person would go to the flea market yep. garage sales goodwill you know i mean even gramophone sometimes would have the white label stuff and it's funny because that stuff would sell out real quick right because they know the diggers yep. know that they're you know there's something um um that they're rare cuts or they're right. stuff that like is very uh um like exclusively like that hasn't been released or won't be released for a while right um what uh what name were you rocking then no it's funny story behind that because uh my first name ever was uh bad burning brian okay <laughs> yeah so when i 
joined the metrics, that's one of the first things they told me is, uh, man, you could get in the crew, but one thing you got to do for sure. I'm like, what's that? You got to get rid of that name, dude. Is it, was, was it because it's like too similar to Bad Boy Bill? Yeah. Okay. Well, Bad Boy was a huge well, incident. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. You let me know one name. And they thought about it and they called me. I got it. What is, I'm like, what's the name? I'm like, Busy Boy Brian. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Not too far off, but a yeah. little different. <laughs> so eventually when I turned into hip-hop DJ Moore, I shortened it. Okay. I used to write busy too, so. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to talk. We're gonna get into that too. Um, so, um, so they take you in and you start DJing, and uh, um, you know, again, like there's all these parallels we've seen, like house and hip hop music. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because sometimes I'll meet like, and, and we talked about this with with Carlos Cutter. Like, yeah. I've met like, you know, quote unquote EDM DJs, and it's like they hate hip hop. Right. But it's like you don't know how much similar it is. And like all like your generation, you know, Loke and Color, like you guys were all into house. Yeah. And then like made the transition into hip hop. You know what I'm saying? But it's like right. but you never turned around and said, Oh well fucking house sucks. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're all in the same. So to that point, like at, at what point did you start um um transitioning more into like the the, the rap music, the hip hop? Well, when I was doing all those house parties, I met this cat named Adam. And, you know, and I always would try to scratch, like, Bad Boy Bill, whatever. Well, this kid came into the house party to start cutting it up, and, like, it was different. Mm. And I was like, man, that's dope. So I started practicing with this cat. And then he was more into juggling, like, hip-hop type stuff, right. like, El J records and stuff. Okay, which is also, like, at a slower tempo, like yep, some of those yep. hip-hops. So then I met that Boogie Boy, Mike Boogie Boy. Okay. And he was already in the DMCs and stuff like that. And I seen some hip stuff, like his routines and stuff. And they got me into the battle realm, started watching uh, more battles and stuff. And like, man, that's what I want to do. Okay. And that's when the transition kind of happened. Plus, at that point, like, house went from house to hip house and then turned to kind of techno. Right. It, house was also going yeah. through a lot of changes. So when it kind of went into the techno, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it. The, the techno is like it's it's a lot more fast paced, but it also leaves like less room to do like the like you really can't. I, I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but it's trickier to scratch. Yeah. To techno and even like you know with techno you have to like really keep like that, like that steady like like pace. You know what yeah. I'm saying? With with hip hop, you you have a lot more freedom to uh to to move a bit. Yeah. Um, so was that like uh um. Like, how was that change for you? Like, did you immediately, like, take to it? Yeah, I liked it, the battle scene for sure. And just uh, trying to perform and cut and juggle in front of a crowd, you know. Did, uh, at, at that time, did, like, a lot of those moves... So, I mean, this is still, like, early 90s, late 80s? Yeah, um, early did, 90s or so stuff, around So, stuff there. started to take form. Did, did things already have, like, uh, names and, like, mm. the moves, like, the, you know, certain, like... Yeah, you know, they... And the house DJs would call the juggling like yellow pages and stuff because you go one arm over the other and like you cross oh, no them shit. kind of and ah, they would call it the yellow pages. Really? The behind the back stuff. They were doing, you know, similar tricks, some of the house DJs. Right. Especially Bill, he was always doping the cut. Bill's like a perfect example of a house DJ with heavy hip hop influences. Yeah. Or maybe the other way around, but it's like, Usually when people like rag on one of the other, I'm like, listen to Bad Boy Bill. 
Right. He's like, he could do everything. Yeah, and he's dope. Yeah, it, he's definitely one of the most versatile. We tried, we tried to get him to come to Casey's. Oh, really? And he was going to come, but I don't know if they didn't pay him or wanted to pay him correctly or the contract didn't come up right, right. or something didn't happen. We'll have to we'll have to revisit that sometime. <laughs> yep. Um. So, how were like the battles in Chicago? Were they like, like you know, officially like DMC battles, or were they just kind of like random? Someone just doing a battle no, type there, of year? I mean, there was a lot of official DMCs early in the early days. They had them at certain halls or spots and stuff. And then back in the early days of the scratching and the battling, platter pirates emerged. Which is which is like uh, Sprite, oh, Kiko, okay, and all those cats and like uh, in that same realm around that time. This is like mid nineties now, maybe two thousands too. Then that precise was doing battles oh, precise. too. Precise, yeah. What's up, to precise from Phase Two? Yeah, yeah. he's dope. Mm-hmm. He's one of the baddest uh, cut DJs. Absolutely. And the city and Toastal was around at that time as well. Okay, wow. You Man, know. yeah, a lot of crazy influences. Yeah, Precise is like, I mean, he must be like probably around your age. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I mean, people still mention him, you know, like heavy. Like, yeah. Like if he's new, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But dude's been around for so long. Um, what was like one of your, while you're still, you're still living in Chicago full yeah. time at this time? Like, so now you're making the, the hip-hop, like, transaction. Like, when did you pick up writing? Because I know you did some of that, too. Was that, like, around the same time? Well, me and my boy Ricky, we were best friends, and we would just be cruising around the LA and see these tags, and they start doing, like, little fill-ins and stuff for kind of along the L train. Mm-hmm. And one day we just started tagging with markers or whatever. And right. It's a funny story. I would tag over this cat named Maine. He's a legendary graffiti artist, and we would tag over him and try to make our own little pieces. They were oh, kind of, really? they were kind of phony back then, but that's how we started. Right. And I wound up meeting Maine, and he took us under his wing, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that is that uh, is tagging why you changed your name to Busy? Yeah, because it was shorter. <laughs> the four letters, yeah. yeah. B i z e. More hip hop to me, Zoo. On top of that, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, is that is that how you got into like TFD or is that after? We uh yeah we um had our own little crew called SWN or some society's worst nightmare. Oh nice hell yeah! <laughs> and uh, we were tagging that, and then we wound up meeting Rock and Barrel from TFD, and back then the Metro or whatever no the Congress Theater is what they called it. The Rock and Barrel had did this giant roller on top of the roof. It was TFD. Mm. It kind of looked like Ted if you looked at it Because you wouldn't see the bottom. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they did that, and we wound up meeting them at a party or something. And then there were TFT. That was a legendary thing they did there. So they invited us into the crew, and then we got more members, and it grew. There was only a few members uh, originally, you know. Right. You got in through, like, tagging or through DJing? Tagging. Okay. Just because we were doing some toy shit tagging all over you know right we would go on missions and just tag up like <laughs> the whole milwaukee <laughs> right right man uh yeah that, that's that's crazy man uh, a lot of people still don't know the parallels just between tagging and djing and, and rapping and like it's just all right. one in the same and usually like like even for us like when you like discover one of those things like everything just starts 
coming into plays. So I mean, even in the way early days, even I even tried to break, but right. <laughs> I did never you? was very good at it. No, how, how far did you get with that? Not very far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think, like like I said, I, I've dabbled in everything. I think I tried to rap ones, and that was where yeah. that was my like. Nah, we do not. that too. I got some some audio around that oh, with really? us freestyling the trailer park and stuff oh shit <laughs> we have, might have to like even dot coms and some of those oh really might have to like uh re re-release that at some point yeah man, so like how how is it that you made the the transition from chicago to rockford then well i had an unfortunate uh fire oh okay. like 94 ish oh no shit and we lost the house a bunch of family members and then after a while, we still lived there, but we lived like on the, kind of by Humble Park. Okay. And I grew up in a different kind of neighborhood, so sure. some of the gangbangers and stuff around that area oh, kind of a- recognized me. Okay, yeah. And they kept saying, oh, we know who you are, this and that. Yeah. So my mom was just like, we're done. We, sure, we're I We're getting out that. the city. Yeah. Plus, I had cousins and stuff in Belvedere. Okay. Did you, did you, uh, did you lose your equipment, too? No. It was the fire... The major part of it happened upstairs. Oh, and your stuff was in the basement. And we were downstairs. Oh, shit. My mom, me, and my stepdad, uh-huh. we all made it out. We were oh, downstairs. Wow. Man, Everybody but one didn't make it out. Okay. That's sad to hear, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I could understand, like, you guys moved to a rougher area. And it's, yeah. like, time to go. Um, yeah. So, okay, like, now you're in the big city. Now you're coming to Rockford. Like, what, yep. what, was, what was that change like? It was tough because uh, nobody really knew me. Right. So I felt kind of like the underdog. Right. But uh, I would just have my buddies from Chicago come out there. And that's how we started forming TFD slowly but surely in Rockford. Okay, so you still had like a steady contact with your friends out yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So then they would come out and we would just party in a trailer park. <laughs> Cops would get called, you know. Oh, really? Even uh, Kid Jungle would come through back then, break dancing in the trailer park. Right. I, so I mean, but you didn't <clears throat> you didn't know him, right? Not real good. No. You just like. I met him through once they started doing getting parties. Into where, parties. Where, where were these up? Uh, what trailer? Where was this at? This the trailer park that we lived in for a while. That we did a lot of that was in Davis Junction. Oh, okay. So off of uh, two fifty one. A little bit in the outskirts. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow, damn. So okay. way out. I think I remember Jungle like mentioning like, oh, we're going to these parties like in the country. Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough to say it's kind of like the country. So then I I worked at UPS for a while, and I met this girl named Erica. Okay. Erica Haida, little Haida they called her. Okay. Erica Cornelia, mm-hmm. the real name, and uh, she was involved with Brigada Records as well. Okay. Yeah. So then she uh, was doing the underground parties like at uh, the old groove shop on Charles Street. Oh, okay. After from, hours. Across from Lincoln. And she was pressing out flyers one day on UPS. And I was like, <laughs> ah, you guys don't know nothing about DJs. Oh, so, uh, okay, hold on a second. At this point, you hadn't met any DJs from no, Rockford? Nope. Just you and your friends? Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. So then she was like, oh, you don't know about DJing and this and that. And we were joking. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you guys should let me come through. Mm. So she let me one day. But she waited till like the last twenty minutes of the show. Right. And then she let me get on. Yep. And she's like, "Oh man, you do got some skills." Oh no shit. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who else was on that uh, card? Man, I don't even remember for sure, but I think Nick was there. Oh really? Nick, Nick uh, Garcia. Yeah. What's up to Nick G? Yeah, Nick was at a lot of these early. Right. 
parties that I went through. Like we used to do the Mary's place, and then we did uh, LTs in the basement. Sure. Yep. And were you at this point? Were you like just fully hip hop? You weren't doing any house yeah, music. Yeah, I was fully hip hop. You know, like I there there isn't like I know there's a lot of house DJs in Rockford. Yeah. There's a like a rich history. Nick, right? Carrie, Jess, Loco, yep. like Jess was always around, of course. But like I never like. M- Never hear mention of like hip hop DJs in the early nineties. Nope. Except for maybe like for you, obviously, maybe like Neo. Neo, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I could be wrong, but that's like the purpose is I, I want to learn. Like, was there any other hip hop DJs like you in Rockford in like those early nineties that you know of? Man, I'm trying to think. I'm not saying there wasn't. Yeah. But I don't I don't really hear like again the house DJs. That that's one thing, and that's awesome. But when we're talking right. like just specifically like the hip hop, the juggling, the scratching, playing like those, you know, I'm guessing the, you know, the Run DMCs, the LQJ, the NWA, you know, like back way then, Mediocre still lived in Rockford, so I considered him. He was sort of kind of DJing a little bit. He wasn't fully producing. Okay, but was he doing like hip hop, or was he doing was he doing more like the breaks and like the funk and stuff like that? I think he was doing a variety of stuff. Okay, right. okay. Kid Jungle was dabbling a little bit back then, I too. I know he was doing more of, like, the drum and bass. Yeah. Jungle. I mean, I think that's where he got his nickname yeah. was from the Jungle Records and stuff right. like that. But, yeah, man, I, I never really hear, and, and I hope, like, you know, going forward, listening, people listening to this could drop some names. But when it comes to, like, the type of DJing that you and I are speaking of, I don't hear much names tossed. No. Uh, and the DJs that I do kind of hear about were the guys, like, in the roller rink. And yeah. they were just kind of fading track, like at the right. ing and stuff like that. They weren't really like like mixing, mixing. You know right. what I'm saying? Kind of like volume out, you know, into the next track. Like, right, like, true like, that. Like the real early disco type of stuff. There's still some DJs still do that. Which is cool. Some guys you can know. pull it off. You know, yeah, big up to Sandy Monster. She pulls it off. Yeah, yeah. She's got the selection the, down, like, you know. It's selection. Yeah. That's another, again, like to the point that we made earlier about your song. Selection is another. Right. You can have all the best songs. And now you can have all the songs. You can right. have all the songs, all the platforms, and still be. It's all about garbage. record pulls now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's a that's a great example of yeah. selection. Um but yeah, man, I, I guess like you must have really been like a rare sight to everyone here because I think mainly people were probably used to like that selector type of DJ yeah. and the house DJing. So so to see someone like you coming in like scratching and juggling, like people yeah. must have really been like. Yeah, it was different for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the majority, almost all of them were house right, or drum and bass or whatever DJ. Like more of like just dance. Uh, and then I, yeah. I met Chris from Borgata. You know, okay, yep. And he wound up doing a show at uh, with the one right next to Portelli's there with Midway, is it called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at the Midway. And uh, I met Presence, which he was an MC, And he was on Borgata, and we wound up doing tours all over the midwest me and presence oh no kidding what kind of like were you just uh were you making beats for him too or were you just no like, i was just his dj DJing? i did do some beats or whatever but nothing that ever made press or anything you sure, know but sure. there was talks of being some of their press and we actually tried to record some but it just never metabolized as far as the beats right but i did dj for him okay cool so all right um so like after that like first encounter um um 
that we've been talking about at uh, the basement of the groove shop, formerly the House of Music. Like, what happens next? Like, do people start reaching out more, um, or you start? Yeah, we started doing a lot more little shows here and there. Nothing real big, but you know, we Bar Three came apart at a certain point. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of shows there. Kryptonite, a bunch of shows. But a lot of the Kryptonite shows was also involved because of Chris. Right. He set up the show with G-E-Z and mm-hmm. all these other artists, Afro Man. Yeah, I remember that. So they were always asking me to open for some of these shows, you know. Right. Which was fun. All those fun shows were real cool. Yeah, yeah. So at that same time, like, how, like, how was the TFD growing um, here in Rockford? Well, I met Arson. I don't know if you remember him. Who was that? Arson. He used to tag a Jedi way back. No, I don't think I know who that is. Yeah, boy. Anyways, we wound up meeting work somehow, I think, mm-hmm. through Arson. And that other guy that worked at Uncle Nick's for a while, I'm trying to think of his name, Mexican dude. Seiko. Seiko. Seiko? Yeah, Seiko. Okay, yeah. Well, Seiko, we all met, and then we started going on bombing missions. Okay. And during that time, for some reason, we went meeting this cat from Chicago, Coral. Oh, no shit. Okay. And Coral started bombing. Then we met Work. Mm-hmm. And then from Work, somehow, I met Stuck. When he was like, oh, because yeah. Stuck had mentioned, like, he was under his wing for a while. Yeah, so then we got Stuck in TFD. Mm-hmm. Then Stuck got stirring. And, okay. And it formed a big, giant crew, and we started bombing the city. Oh, no shit. Crazy to, like, a point a graffiti task was looking for a... Wow. And they started <laughs> popping a bunch of us. Really? always was aware that you tagged i just i've never seen you do it yeah yeah <laughs> how long has it been it's been a while now really since started getting locked up and stuff and getting older uh i kind of stepped away from it okay when was the last time you think you painted something man i bet over 10 years now oh really? well, that's not too long <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that's, that's crazy dude um 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 I I know like uh, like I said uh, a lot of us know you as the DJ. I was loosely familiar with you in the tagging side. I think probably Stucker. Yeah. Someone mentioned it. Um, I was like, man, busy. I, I thought there was two busy. I'm like, right. There's a tagger and a DJ. Like, you know. Right. At that time, when I was younger, I didn't realize. You know, obviously, you could do more than one fucking thing. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, at a point, I was tagging busy, and then I got popped a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. So then you... I changed it. Okay. I started tagging. I forgot. Okay. And the, it was like I and then the number four in GOT. Okay, yep. Just because they got popped so many times and with that, the other name. And, yeah, I, I know we've mentioned that on the show before, but, like, when you're young and you don't know any better, you'll use one name for everything. Yeah, And yes. then, like, you'll wear it. Like, you'll have your crew shirt. Yep. You know, that's just, like, Bob, and then you go tag Bob. And right. And then DJ Bob, and it's like, I'm pretty sure Bob is one fucking person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how you get... Chicago, there wasn't too many layups for graffiti for rights and stuff mm-hmm. that were safe. Yeah. So I would call those guys from Chicago, like Maine mm-hmm. and Shore and Demo, mm-hmm. and they would come down and we would do these big layups. Okay. And Davis Junction, particularly. Oh, no kidding. And the Chrysler plant, too. Oh, really? Okay. Because it was easy. <laughs> we would sit there all night and paint, paint like top to bottom and then. Right. You know, four, six hours painting. <laughs> and yeah, it's like no one, no one would be out there to even like know nope. you were there. Nobody. Or, and it still kind of is like you know, 
<laughs> I mean, there's probably yeah. more traffic now, but I'm guessing back then it was a, a lot easier to, to accomplish like a big production like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as, as we're talking, I'm kind of like picking up more and more about you, man. So now like you being uh, like still like an active writer, a well-known DJ, you know, the grills and skills like kind of make sense now. Yeah. Yes. On how that happened. But like, like really, how was like the like, how did that idea come about or? Or well, big up to work, Dave Moyes. Mm-hmm. You know, he always threw some parties at his house. Mm-hmm. And we never, I mean, everybody would dabble around in the, the scrapbooks and stuff then. Right, yep. And sometimes the crazy coral mm-hmm. would come to those parties. And after we were all drunk, we would run around and bomb <laughs> right. around the streets there. Yep. So that's how it started. Is work came out with an idea. Why don't we do an event at a park? Or something and have graffiti you dj and then some mc battles and he actually did it at black Hawk park the right. first one yeah i think i i had I, I think i have footage of that uh from kid jungle i need to re-record it though yeah but uh yeah i remember just seeing uh like you guys had yeah like how you said there was mc battles and you guys had a floor out there yeah and, and uh just DJs and stuff. Even like that. Prime battled at some of the early MC battles. Oh, really? Yeah, he battled uh, Uncle Polly. Okay. And the mailman. <laughs> just like all these random. Um, you know, the, the thing that I find most interesting. Even Seal, remember Seal way back? Seal Fresh? No. Yeah, he was an MC as well. I don't know what happened to him, but he. Someone from here? Or? No, he's from Chicago. Oh, really? Um, um, you know, like. Like nowadays, obviously, if you do an event, you put it on Instagram, it's everywhere, yeah. and and it's cool. I shit, I social media when it comes to that, like I love it. But you know, to me, the interesting things are when you guys were doing events in the late nineties. Um, like, how were you guys promoting? Because I I know for a fact, like you mentioned now with the girls and skills, you had people coming from Chicago, and even like even promoting in Rockford, just because it's here doesn't mean everybody's gonna hear about it. You yeah. know, it's it's even tough even now with the social media, right. like. I'll do an event sometimes, and someone the next day will be like, hey, how come I didn't know? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, we were doing flyers back then, actually printing flyers, too, and going to Chicago events and handing out flyers. Oh, no kidding. Going to the high schools, handing out flyers, any way possible. How much, uh, um, again, you know, now I take a picture, I load it up, it's instant, it's everywhere. Right. Um, so I could if, I, if I'm having an event this Friday, if I put it today, boom, everyone knows. Right. So like, how much time in advance were you giving yourselves to promote these things? I would think a month at least. At least, yeah. Of, of planning and of trying to actually make the flyer and start promoting. Right. And then we would lock down an event. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talks before within that month of how we're gonna do it. Right. And a plan of attack. Yeah. We had little meetings and everything. It's kind of funny. Yeah, man. You got to be organized. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing with you also being talented at writing, were you designing the flyers too? or No. Like a lot of them, you know, like work design mm-hmm. or stuck design. Mm-hmm. You know, stuck was behind a couple of the logos for Girls and Skills. Right. Too, so. Yeah, I remember maybe one or two of them, yeah. We made shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a stuck design logo. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah that's definitely the the pro of having friends who are right you know designing or into graph he was always talented even back then you know oh really even as a young whippersnapper yeah, yeah he definitely <laughs> stood out him work too of course yeah that's what's up man um how were you guys like printing them out no uh, just kikos <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah 
the old school way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I love that, dude. Like, again, you know, I, I'm one that like if if I can get a flyer, I'll get it. Yeah, and I'll hold on to it. I got right. a lot of flyers, but you know, for me, like when I was um, like when I would start doing events, like uh, I would go to the library. Yeah. Um, because the the printer was like ten cents. Right. And then uh, I would make one big flyer, like a page wide, and then I realized, like, man, like if I could figure out a way to make it four right on one paper yep that's then what we did you too. could cut it and you'd have four instead of one yep. but you, you know it's trial and error you start learning these little secrets yeah and then um that that to me helped me out a lot because you know with whatever a dollar i'd have 10 papers times four you know 40 right. flyers for you know the buck or whatever yep. and then you put in 10 bucks it's like i got a thousand flyers oh, or whatever yeah. you know yep. And then yeah, you start uh, you start hitting up the the record stores or the the local stores or you know you go to another like hip hop related event you know b yeah. boy for me you know I'd go to b boy battles I'd have yep. like you know you go up to the front and be like hey man can I leave these flyers here so when people come in they take flyers and shit like that it's kind of mind boggling now to see. Uh the progress of flyers now with Photoshop and everything. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm always interested in like how people did them back then, because like I said, I might have probably have seen maybe one or two of the original girls and skills flyers, but it's, and even other flyers, but like, you know, you know, it they're hand drawn. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I appreciate the shit out of it though. For sure. Know? Cause now I, like sometimes you'll see flyers that are designed and they just, they look like trash. They're yeah, just not like, designed well, you know, there's cats even like uh, artistic from Chicago. Shyrock Nation. He'll oh, pull yeah. out. He'll yep. pull out stuff from way back then and on me that I don't even got no more. And be like, Oh really? I'm gonna show you something busy. He'll pull out a surprise. I'm like, Holy cow! You still got that? That dude. Has, I'm like, I don't even got that. You know. That, that dude has the vault. Yes, he does. <laughs> but yeah, no, like like I mentioned, man. Me, I'm someone who like I like flyers. I have a yeah. bunch of flyers, and uh, I hope one day you know to do something where we could kind of show them because it's it's definitely. Uh, I wouldn't want to say it's a lost art because people still do flyers, but I think it's an unappreciated art. Yeah. Well, now, like I said, with Photoshop, you could make a flyer within an hour if you're good at it. Half the time, I, I do it on my phone, like just yeah. with phone apps. And it's like, I mean, you know, it's cool, but I still like hearing how people did them back in the days. Because also, even though I probably won't do it, I like learning how other people did things. Just right. to see if they did them differently from me. True that. Because, like, again, you know, I, I was going to the library and... Just getting, you know, just off ten cents, man. I was having a bunch of flyers and 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 uh, and uh, cutting them up, and you yeah, know, they got that big old knife thing, yeah, like guillotine looking thing, yeah, <laughs> to make them nice and perfect. But yeah, but like the original start of me DJ in Rockford, I always felt kind of like the underdog until uh, Erica kind of let me in to the scene. That was my first were, emerging into the scene. Were you like? Um, so you, you know, you, um, so we're talking about when you did your first kind of show here, yeah. And when you saw those other DJs, and you know, with all respect, obviously right. we're homies. Were you like impressed or unimpressed? Well, you know, I come from Chicago, so I mean, some of them definitely were skilled. You know, sure. they could blend real clean and everything, but yeah, not really no scratching or juggling or like okay. that. So. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, you know? right, right. Not not bad. Just yeah. not you're just. You're coming with your own yeah. flavor and stuff like that. They had their own styles sure. and whatnot. That's fair. Um, at what point did you uh, stop um, um, digging for vinyls? Um, I'd always even dig at the groove shop 
until like this digital age came about with Toronto. I think it was when the stop yeah, yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. My girl actually pushed me into getting Toronto originally. <laughs> did you, were you like, did you push back? Yeah. I was like, I don't know about that stuff because I had records still. Yeah. And she's like, wouldn't it be so much better not carrying six crates of records to right. the show? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then I, I slowly got it. Mm-hmm. And I started messing around with it, and I liked it. And you start, you see, like, the, you get the feel for it. It's not, yeah. It's not too far off. I remember the first time I saw Serrado, I was in Madison. And uh, you, do you know uh, Pain One? Yeah, oh, yeah. He was the first person I ever saw using Serrado. No. Top Secret 2, Pain One's TFD as well. Oh, really? Yeah, ask him. Oh, I'll tell I, you. I will. <laughs> and he's also a very well-known producer oh, and very. DJ. But this was, like, maybe 08. So yeah. This like I had no idea what Serrado was, and and I was like, oh, they got a DJ, and you know, he had the the two twelve hundred, yeah, had, like just you know the normal setup. But I was like, man, he's not changing records. Like I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. And when they got like really close, you know, I saw the laptop, and I was like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't put, but I still couldn't put two and two together. I'm like, man, right. how's he changing songs, and using records, but not changing? And I just I asked him, hey, what's that? He goes, this is uh, I don't think it was was it even Serrado yet, or. It could have been Scratch Live or something. Something. I think it was yeah. Scratch. I was like, man, what is that? He's like, man, it's, you know, and he showed me the record. I, yeah. I, I grabbed it. You know, I was like, you know, it was black. I was like, yeah. man, this is, like, I was just like, I was mind fucked. You know, like, yeah. this is a record, dude. I met Pain 1 through Nuisance. Oh, I don't okay. know if you remember yeah, Nuisance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I met Nuisance actually at an Atmosphere show. And oh, back really? then, Atmosphere was kind of small. I mean, it was down at the terrace outside. Oh, yeah. That's where the best shows And were. there was maybe like 40, 50 people. Tops, oh, really? Tops. Super underground. You know, this is when Abilities was hyping. Right. Slug and... Yeah. What you call it? Uh, idea, what is hype, man? Yeah. I mean, Abilities was a DJ. Mm. Idea, what is hype, man? I love that, man. Rhyme Sayers. Yep. <laughs> the day. early days, man. Dude, I, I love Rhyme Sayers. <laughs> Me too. Um... And now, you know, now you're using, a, like, a controller. Yep. Um, when did you when did you say goodbye to the to the turntables? Man, I don't know. Carry yeah. all this stuff to shows, and especially when you're trying to go upstairs and all this and it's that. Heavy. It's heavy stuff. It was just easier to carry the controller, I guess. Right. But I my first controllers that I got were uh, NS7. Uh-huh. And I started messing with Jake Keys and S7. Yeah, the tank. I didn't want to change over at first. And Jake Keys like, try it. Mm. And I was like, I don't know about that. And then I started cutting. And I'm like, wow, this does feel it, yeah. like a turntable. It has this. It, yeah. It even has like the metal bulkiness so to it. My yeah. first, you know, controller was a motorized platter controller. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started having some bugs and issues with them. Yeah. So then I switched over and eventually got the pioneer sc2 is a huge one it's got the bigger decks yep yep and i did that for years you know because i do a lot of private events as well right and then uh i recently switched back to motorized platter okay i saw that yeah i got the rain one now i really like it so far i only had it for about three months or something oh really okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not long okay um is, is there like a big difference like or like when you go back to turntables do you feel a difference at all like when you scratch on uh, i definitely like scratching better on 1200s in a mixer sure that, yeah that phase feels real it's real close. close yeah it's really precise it's too. even better than serato you know like with the needle per se yeah yeah i i actually got phase uh like around november yeah and uh it's it's definitely really nice to have 
yeah, gin had it, and I tried gin, so I'm like, wow, this is actually real close. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, and it's it's a like it's yeah, like I mentioned, it's very precise. Like you stop, and it like stops on the you know on the dime. Like it's yeah, it's really it's really crazy, man. I I am a big, you know, like like. I was also kind of like pushing back with technology. Like, yeah. ah, I'm not trying to do all that. And then, you know, right. I got Serato. I got the laptop. And right. Then, all right. And then the mixer, you know, the S9 and all that shit. And then now with Phase, it's like, I'm just open arms. Like, whatever they throw at me, like, I'm I'm here to get it if I can fucking afford it. You yeah. Know? I mean, even DJs, you know, like Guillotine, he uh, just does a lot of digital stuff. And he's not uh, against it. Right. But still, like, he still feels like the real vinyl needle to the records is probably the best. It is a, it is a special feeling. And it's also, um, you know, I, I, I think nowadays it's not too important where you start at as far as, like, if you start with turntables or if you start with a controller. Like, wherever your budget is or wherever you're, you're at in life, that's cool. But I think it's always important to go back. Oh, yeah. Like, at some point, if, if you've just been DJing with, like, a controller your whole life, like, that's cool. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But at some no. point, like, get a feel for a turntables, mess with it, you know, learn some of those. Uh, learn the foundations. The foundation. And the anything. thing that I feel um, bad about some of these new DJs that they're coming up is they're looking at the laptop Right. And they're basically matching up the waveforms. Right. And I try to explain to some of the newer cats, you don't want to learn like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the wrong way to learn. Mm -hmm. I said, because if I pull that computer away from you, it's, you're it's done. done. Yeah. You're over. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good reference point. And it's, yes. I mean, it's, I mean, if that's the case, then like, don't have headphones. Yeah. <laughs> or and a some monitor. don't. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Dude, yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I hate seeing that, you know, it's yep. it's kind of like, come on, man, like at least put a little effort right. into the craft. And and again, I'm not, I should, I have two, three different controllers. I, I right. love them all. But, you know, I, I my uh, style is like if I'm using records and yep. like turn, t like actual turntables and mixer. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's, it's just important to always go back and learn those like foundations and and things like that um you know you mentioned earlier you're you're getting up to to the big five zero, right um but you know like you you've never really slowed down as far as like your um um like how active you've been yeah like you still dj obviously like three four times a week right you know uh like what's been the something like what's what's been your motivation to like keep going like why because a lot of people stop a lot of people you know we lose people not like in the physical way but we lose people through the wayside you know families careers families, yep. kids bad choices this and that like you know even me at 35 like half of the people that i started with like they're here but they're not like active in the, yes. in the culture you know what i'm saying but like right. you know you i'm sure you've you've dealt with that probably yep. more just given your age and, and such like like what what's kept you like motivated and, and well things like if say if i go to green bay and i play and just the response from the crowd is real good and you could just feel that you know and then the best thing about it is when you're done and you got random people from management or whatever coming up to you like man right we had a lot of DJs here, you know, but you are by, by far the best oh, no shit. Yeah. we've ever heard here. Nice. You yeah. know, stuff like that really yep. hits me in the heart and makes me want to keep pushing mm -hmm. forward, you know. What, uh, you know, like I know now, obviously you're, you're still like super active, um, 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 like music wise, like, like how, how, how do you feel about the stuff that you play? 
Because obviously you have to, you're kind of like, I know you, you do your stuff from your era, and, but you have to be contemporary also. Like, well, the, I'm not sure about this digital age because even for myself, I feel like it's taking out the creativity of what we could do. Okay. It's kind of making everybody lazy. Sure, yeah. Because a lot of stuff is remixed already and mm. intros and outros and all this stuff. So I feel like even for myself, starting to make me more lazy and non creative as i used to be okay yeah you know getting kind of like like kind of stagnant like yeah like a nine to five (laughs) right right okay i i I feel that i mean i try not to i try to still come original but right i could tell it definitely was more original when it was just vinyl when you had no choice right you had to have all bangers yep yep and you had to have and again like i don't feel like that's lost it's just like it's less of it just different just because we have so much accessibility um to everything like you could just get everything right download a a drive and you have everything that came out this last week or this last month yeah you know and it's like you're just going through the motions but i it's like you're not hand selecting these tracks you're just kind of like "Ah, this is what's hot this month or whatever like if house is hot you know all of a sudden a classic house you could just call certain dj from that realm and be like hey i need some right Here's house he'll, he'll sell you the whole library yep yep you know? i mean there's yeah there's good and bad to that yeah um but at least you know at least like i like you know we've mentioned a few times already at least you're, at least when you do it you're still djing yeah you're you know i mean you're um i'm not doing just the the sink and right you know like you're, you're putting your effort yeah. into it you're yeah i your, never never sink <laughs> yeah, yeah you probably have yours like fucking broken off or some shit funny part is uh we were talking about the sink the other day with acid and acid told me oh what's wrong with sink oh no i'm like are you serious <laughs> he's like oh i use sink i'm like okay i don't oh no he's like why not i'm like i don't know i just doesn't some of the even the you know the charts or whatever you call them or the are off even if you do try it you know what i i, I have tried sync when i practice and it just doesn't like it doesn't resonate well with me because it, it really is too like like it's too perfect yeah <laughs> like it, it, it like lacks that like i don't know it's something weird about it when i've yeah. hit sync before it's like yeah I, I don't see myself ever really using you got a little bit of drift a little yeah little lag you yeah. know so you got that pitch blend where you constantly it's kind of like the pitch the right. main pitch but it's a little blend so it's minor adjustments yeah so i use that and you feel like more like turntables you know to me I, I do like that now they have that uh, those platters that spin and stuff. Yeah. Shit, man, but we're getting close to an hour, and it seems like yep. someone's working in the background. <laughs> but uh, it's all good. We're in the Mc, uh, McPherson building, and there's always uh, construction going on. Um, yes, and Hopefully sir. soon we'll have some uh, stuff in person so you guys could, uh, you know, come and hang out. And uh, hopefully, like I mentioned before uh, we got online here, I'm probably going to have maybe a scratch battle or yeah. another DJ gathering. But like, man, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're hitting close to fifty, like we said, man. Do you got anything planned, dude? Like, I know we gotta do something, something big for the five O, man. Or yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that uh, a lot of the hip hoppers or whatever don't know me personally. Sure. But I'm eventually, I'm kind of thinking about transitioning into guiding for fishing. Oh, okay. That's what I'm kind of thinking about. Yeah. I've been kicking it around for a couple of years. I basically do it already. Right. For friends. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking about that. Okay. But for right now, I'm just pushing more towards private events. Cool, cool. Weddings, you know. Yeah. 
I could do one wedding, you know, and get paid what the bars are pay all month long. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's just what I've been doing now is shooting more private gigs. I'm still active in the bars, of course. But right, right. That's the plan. That's what's up, man. Well, shit, dude. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, man, you catch busy all over. Where are you at? Casey's, Fozzie's, Hideout, Onyx. Casey's, Hideout, Onyx, Lucky's in Madison, Stadium View, Green Bay. All kinds. If you go out on a Friday or a Saturday, very likely uh, you'll be catching busy ones somewhere. Hell yeah. So make sure to get out there, check them out, support. Um, um, man, appreciate you again, dude, for coming out. Hopefully, sure. um, again, in the when it gets warmer out, man, we'll have you out here do some scratching. Hey, and Vic, Vic Monster for president man. of Rocker. <laughs> man, this well, guy's a beast. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> appreciate. I know I appreciate that, dude. And again, I appreciate you coming out. But man, any, anything you want to uh, shout out real quick before we dip? Shout out to the Midwest Monsters crew. Man, appreciate it. You guys are all cool as hell. Always been. I remember you guys breaking way back then. Shout out to. DJ Nuisance, you know, shout out to Carlos Cutter oh, in Rockford, yeah, yep. Demis Deltoid. Ah, oh, weeks. There's another. Okay, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, shout out to all the real DJs out there cutting it up. Yeah, man, you heard it here, everybody. Uh, man, uh, shout out to everybody. There's so, just so many great DJs and uh, so many great uh, just people in this community. And and uh, you know, I, I've probably said this a thousand times, but it's, you know, one of the main reasons why we even started this podcast. Um, just to, to, to share some history, some classic stories um, that a lot of people don't know were even existent at Rockford at the time. So uh, thanks again to everyone who's been listening, liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing. Uh, you know, I appreciate it for one. And uh, you've been tuning in to another great episode of Break Beats, Boom Bap, and Beyond. And uh, you've been rocking with the best. So until next time, we are out of here. Peace out, everybody. Peace.